Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I'm Matt. And today we're discussing investing in NFTs, whiskey, and farmland. Is it sane or stupid? right, man. We are going to talk about all of the different alternative investments out there. Uh, There are a lot of options. It seems like there's more every single day that kind of come onto the scene, but we're going to talk about what we think about some specific ones. We're going to discuss why we think they're great on one hand, but on the other hand, why we think they're awful. Uh, We're going to to get to all of that today. There's a little uh, bit of both. During this episode. That's right. But um, first, man, I wanted to share a quick story about a charge that hit my credit card statement. I signed up for a free trial of FUBU TV. Uh, this is a few weeks ago. I wanted to... Wait, wa- FUBU? Yeah, FUBU, FUBU TV. Okay. They, uh, I don't know. Not the clothing manufacturer. Not for us, by us. Okay. Uh, but FUBU.TV. Uh, I was wanting to watch a soccer match a few weeks ago, and so I, I thought, yeah, I'll take advantage of the uh, the free trial 
week, I think is, is what it was. And the unspeakable happened, which is that I forgot to set my stupid calendar reminder to cancel that thing. Oh, snap. I was so pissed because it's expensive. FUBU TV is, I mean, it was a $79 charge. Ouch. Which is, you know, I don't know, with, with 12 bucks. they're the live sports, which is one of the most expensive exactly. things when it comes to streaming. Exactly. And so I reached out to FUBU because I, I noticed it immediately and went to cancel it. And since I hadn't actually taken advantage of the next, you know, four weeks worth of uh, what they had to offer, I thought they might wave it for me guess what they did not they want their 80 bucks and i don't blame them because those are the rules however i was not yet ready to accept uh, an 80 dollars lesson <laughs> and so i remembered that i had put it on a credit card so i actually reached out to my credit card i told them exactly what had happened right i didn't lie to them i wasn't like hey Somebody stole my credit card <laughs> and signed up for FUBU TV. I told him, I was like, hey, I missed the window to cancel uh, and they charged me. Is this something that y'all would consider waiving? Uh, and so they gave me a temporary credit. A week later, that temporary credit was made permanent. And so I wanted to mention that because by all means, I owed FUBU TV that money. I'm not trying to shortchange them by any means because in the end, I, I didn't jump through their hoops. I didn't cancel in time. But because I'd used a credit card, and this is a card that I've had for a while, uh, I guess maybe they looked at how long I've been with them. Maybe they saw that I pay on time every single month. And so that was a charge that they were willing to eat. So I wanted to mention that because we talk about credit cards. We talk about some of the different benefits that you, you receive. But the ability to dispute a charge and to have some of that protection offered to you is something that we, we, we don't talk about much here on the show. Uh, but it is something that we wanted to make sure that folks are aware of. That's right. Yeah, you can't do the same thing with other methods of payment, but a credit card offers you that ability. And yeah, I think the the best case scenario is setting the calendar reminder and of course. doing it yourself. But I think, um, yeah, it, especially since you're above board in requesting the chargeback, that it worked out in your favor. And people need to realize that if a, if a business doesn't follow through on what they say they're going to do, or if a product never gets delivered to your house, you're still charged for it. And they won't answer. <laughs> the, sure. uh, the company won't respond to your phone calls or emails. You know, requesting that chargeback with your credit card company is the way to do it. It's usually within, what, a 90-day window after the charge occurs that you have in order to make that chargeback request. And so, yeah, we would say that's one of the perks of spending with a credit card is knowing that you have that ability. That's right. And you don't want to be the, the boy who cried wolf, right? If you do this too often, I think there's going to come a time when they're going to say, Nope. Like, sorry, we're done doing this. We, yeah. we see the game that you're playing. But in my case, I, I don't know if I have ever done that with this specific credit card. So uh, just keep that in mind as well. Yeah, it's like buying stuff on Amazon, hoarding the stuff and being like, they never delivered anything. <laughs> it's like, no, that's aside from the moral implications <laughs> of you as an individual, you're probably going to get screwed financially as well. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's move on, Matt. Uh, we are having a beer, of course, on this episode like we do. Every episode, this one is called Imaginary Grace. It's by Monday Night Brewing. And uh, we, were, we were there for an event recently. And uh, Brian, who is a bartender there and listens to the show, uh, donated this beer. So big thanks to Brian. And this is like a special beer, <laughs> one that is hard to come by. So big thanks to Brian for giving this one to us. Yes, looking forward to talking all about this one. I'm going to have a lot to say, I think, at the end of this episode, though. We'll save that for later because we want to launch into alternative investments. Let's get to it. Let's talk about all these different ways that you can invest. There's it feels like there's a million different ways. And I don't know, maybe there were, we had lived in simpler times 30 years ago when uh, your methods for investing were 
um, far fewer. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it, it makes me think of Matt, like the South Beach diet, paleo, Whole30, going on a juice cleanse, all the, uh, keto. Yeah. <laughs> like there's all these like new Lots fad of diets. Options. Yeah. Like, and there have been for the last 15, 20, 30 years, right? There, there's just always a new trend around the corner promising something new to help you lose weight. And if you wait just a few months, guess what? You don't like the ones that are currently on the market? There's something else coming around the bend. But, you know, I don't really know anything about nutrition. I don't know which one of these uh, diets, which ones work and which ones don't. Don't come to How to Money for that kind of advice. <laughs> <laughs> there are other podcasts. They're going to help you out in that realm. Until we start our diet podcast. Okay. Well, uh, um, you might be hosting one? that one solo. <laughs> which will never happen. <laughs> yeah. But I do know that a healthy, balanced diet is what you should be striving after. I know some of the basics to not be an idiot. I know that you know eating fast food every day isn't going to be good for me. But uh, while there are some helpful elements with each one of these different diets, if you take any one of them to the extreme, it's likely going to harm your body. Just because like the paleo diet pushes a whole lot of meat consumption, that shouldn't be the only thing you consume unless somehow some nutritionist or doctor has told you specifically that's what's best for you. Right. But I got to imagine... That's not the case for many. Yeah. Uh, or just because you heard about this new juice cleanse doesn't mean that you should only consume sweet juices where you're subsisting on liquefied food only <laughs> for <laughs> weeks on end. And that doesn't mean that juice is bad. Neither is meat. Uh, but when things are out of whack in your diets and you're veering from one extreme to another, you're going to hurt your body. And Matt, I think the same can be true when we're talking about investing. There's a lot of parallels there. Yeah, totally, man. For years... We've taken a, a very balanced approach to our, our money, and we want you to find the right balance between earning money, spending it, and investing it uh, for your future. And today, we're talking about the healthy balance that you can find specifically within that last category, the investing category, uh, because we've seen a rise of these alternative investments over the past decade. In the last few years, I've seen a flurry of new platforms giving you new and exciting places to invest your money. And like now, you, you can literally invest in farmland in the middle of the country, you even if you live in LA <laughs> on the West Coast. You can invest in high-priced works of art, even if you've only got a few hundred bucks. But are they a good way for you to invest your money or are they just another fad that will lead you astray? That's the big question that we're going to tackle today. I, I do think that we should all be investing in beet farms in Pennsylvania. Uh, Dwight Schrute, you know, we just want to make sure that, that his, his beet farm is successful. Do you like beets? Not really, actually. Dude, okay. We love beets. Golden beets, the traditional red ones. Beets are underrated. They call them golden beets? Like, there's some beets that are, uh, instead of red, like, they're golden. Okay. Yeah. Didn't know that. Yeah, they're really good, too. <laughs> maybe I'll try those. Speaking of diet, uh, <laughs> the diet podcast, should, maybe that's one that we can uh, we can tackle. The I beet should, diet. should incorporate some beets into my diet. Well, let's get into it. Let's talk about alternative investments. And let's, let's start with kind of the pros, because it's not all downside. There's some cool things about what's available to us now as investors, uh, some of the options that we have available that we didn't used to have. We're happy to see some of these new alternative investment platforms on the scene. They're getting lots of attention. Uh, you're hearing lots of advertisements for many of them, which is a far different cry. Get trying to, you know, advertisements to get us to invest as opposed to just getting us to consume. And of course, we're into you investing your money. Um, if it comes down to whether you're going to buy a gadget or, or put more of your money in one of these alternative investments, we'd rather see you putting your money there, right? So these alternative investments could be alternatives to spending. And if that's the case, if these alternative investment platforms get you excited about investing in general, we would say that's a good thing. Yeah, it's better for it to be spent on your future than uh, on a widget that's just going to 
not appreciate in value. And another reason that we can get behind these alternative investments is because we now have the ability to invest in assets that were only available to the super wealthy. You have to have a lot of money to be an accredited investor, but the rise of these different platforms is making that less important investments that were only available to the elite, uh, the, the, the 1%, are now open to the masses, uh, and it's easier than ever before as well. Some of the platforms that we'll discuss today, they allow you to begin investing with only $1. And it's difficult to be able to do anything for $1 today. You can't even get stuff at the dollar store anymore for a dollar. Literally, that is true. <laughs> uh, but the fact that we can you know, get investing with literal change uh, in our pocket, that is amazing. Yeah, I, I agree. So accessibility to things that otherwise were off the table for you before is one of the pros of these alternative investment platforms. Another thing is that they're, they're popular because they are so accessible. These platforms have become kind of zeitgeisty there there uh, a lot more people are have become interested in investing and interested in the different paths that investing can take you down i mean have you ever seen so many meme stocks or art investing sites in the news no yeah <laughs> it's a relatively like, new occurrence feel like we're at all-time highs specifically this past year yes and so yeah partially because the media is focusing on investing more and more today it's easier to get the word out about these alternative investment sites. And uh, because they're popular, they're also it's also incredibly easy to get started. The same marketers and user interface designers who have made it easier than ever to buy stuff have focused their efforts on new clients, investing platforms, yeah. and attracting those investors to them, right? So today there are well over... 20 million users on the Robinhood app alone. And a huge part of the reason for Robinhood's success is because of the design elements, like how easy it has been to get started and how easy it is to use. They're funneling you to put your money with Robinhood to quote unquote invest it. Exactly. And there are hundreds of thousands of investors on many of these other alternative investing platforms that we're going to discuss today. And since investing is cool right now, we're just seeing a huge rise, a surge in how many people are attracted to these different methods, these different ways of investing their money. That's right. So let's talk about another pro on the side of alternative investments. Let's talk about diversification because, you know, one of the reasons that we're such fans of index funds is because of the diversity that they bring to your portfolio. Like one S&P 500 fund is going to have around, uh, yeah, you guessed it, 500 <laughs> stocks uh, within it. What did you a, off? A total stock market fund uh, is going to have around 4,000. Uh, you're still not going to get any exposure, though, to uh, a painting by Picasso. Your portfolio won't directly reflect the demand uh, and high prices of a rare bottle of the best French wine. <laughs> but these platforms provide you exposure to all sorts of different investments that will diversify your portfolio beyond the ho-hum total stock market index funds out there. That's right. Yeah. And, and one other pro kind of like subnote to the diversification thing is that some of these assets are uncorrelated from the stock market. And so, yeah, they, they provide this way to smooth out the overall volatility of your portfolio, right? Like uh, depending on your appetite for the ups and downs of the market, this might be a huge selling point and a reason to consider some of these alternative investments. You know, art prices don't necessarily reflect uh, what the S&P 500 is, is doing. Same with real 
real estate. Like there are, and there are many different ways to invest in real estate, which we'll get to as well in this episode. Some of which are more correlated with uh, the stock market, and others which are not. They diverge in a meaningful way, and that means that these alternative investment platforms can provide a helpful hedge for you as an investor. That's right. So we're going to talk about some of the specific alternative investment platforms that are out there. We're going to talk about how you should think about these alternative investments within your portfolio. We'll get to all of that right after the break. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes, for instance. That's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers. 37,000, 25, and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000, that's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. 
A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. <laughs> Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust and Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just one hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Go to trustandwill.com/slash/howtomoney for ten percent off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust and Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com/howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com/howtomoney. All right, let's keep going. Let's talk about investing in different ways. We're going to talk about investing in wine, art, meme stocks, all the above. We're going to kind of get into the different platforms that allow you to do that, how they work, what the fees are, that kind of stuff. But first, we just kind of covered the positive sides of of putting your money in alternative investments. And let's talk about the downsides, the cons of investing your money with one of these platforms too. Uh, Because if you had only stopped listening after the first segment, you might think that we're 100% in on alternative investments. And we think that you should be putting more and more of your money there. Well, we're not. (laughs) And there's there's a number of reasons for that. And one of the first things we want to mention on that front is decision fatigue. There's so many options available and there's countless new platforms that are coming live, it seems like. Like NFTs were not something on almost anybody's radar two years ago. That's true. And now more and more investors are thinking like, well, which which digital art should I be buying? And and how many how much exposure do I need to that asset class? Yeah, forget that. I'm just going to put my money in a tungsten cube on my, <laughs> <laughs> on my desk. Hey, it's physical, it's tangible, and it weighs a well, lot. At least it's real. Very heavy. Uh, and so, yeah, th- those are the kind of things, though. That decision fatigue can overwhelm us, and we might not take any action at all because it's like right. when there's so many decisions open to us and we're not sure whether we should be investing in art, wine, digital art, or all the above, sometimes we just take the D, none of the above approach, and that's certainly not best for our investments and our long-term growth of our money. Exactly. Yeah, because who has time to research every single one of these new platforms uh, that's you know that's new on the scene? You and I, Joel, like, we'll probably check them out <laughs> because it's, well, it's partly our job. But we're also into this kind of stuff. But most people aren't going to research every one of these platforms. But instead, when a typical investor dumps, say, another 500 bucks into the S&P 500, into the Roth IRA, like, they can spend literally zero time. Uh, Dollar cost averaging into the stock market as a whole is simple. Uh, You can just set it and forget it. That is not the case typically when it comes to these alternative investments because they need to be researched. They need to be considered. You need to figure out how they're going to play into your overall portfolio. Uh, And then after that, that's another password. That's another account that you're going to have to manage. And if that's something that you get excited about, 
well, then that's awesome. That's great. That's something you can nerd out on. <laughs> However, if that's not what you're looking for, then this is definitely going to be a downside. Exactly. Yeah. The, the time it takes in order to figure out which one of these is right for you can be extensive um, in order to make sure that you're making the right move for your money and based on your risk profile. And then, Matt, another con, another downside is, is that these alternative investments are just, they're more complicated. And you and I, we prefer investments that are easy to understand. Uh, and, and, you know, we kind of have a rule that if you can't explain an investment so that an eight-year-old can understand it, you shouldn't be investing in it. And some of these alternative investments are are pretty straightforward, like you're buying a bottle of wine and it's being stored somewhere and it's supposed to go up in value. And it's easy to, to explain that to an eight-year-old. True. That, that still doesn't mean that's where you should put your dollars. But there are others that are more complex, that are more difficult to understand. And so we would say it's really important to take the time to develop a thorough understanding before you start putting your investment dollars in any of these accounts, on any of these platforms, investing in farmland in Idaho when you're not sure what they grow or what the likely returns are going to be or what the exit strategy is uh, for that as an investment. Those higher levels of complication are certainly a downside for most uh, armchair investors. And oftentimes when there's more complexity, Joel, that leads to more stress. Mm -hmm. uh, and so if too much of your portfolio is allocated in investments that might see some outsized returns, well, that lack of certainty is likely going to lead to worse sleep at night. I don't know about you. I like my sleep. Me too. <laughs> and if you've got too much riding on alternative investments, you might find yourself more stressed out. Within these investments, there's typically going to be higher risk and higher reward. And you know that higher reward part sounds pretty good. But if you don't know what you're doing, uh, how you're going about your investments, the risks here are real. Uh, there is a potential for higher upsides when investing in some of these alternatives. But you might also lose all of your capital by choosing the wrong one. I'm thinking of Squidcoin, where a lot of folks lost a lot of money after that uh, cryptocurrency was, you know, got pumped and dumped. Yeah, you got dollar signs in your eyes because you're like higher rewards, but. Yeah, there is that higher risk at the same time. And if you fall on the wrong side of the risk equation, you're probably going to be bumped out. It's going to be hard to see your money go down the drain like that. And another way your money goes down the drain. I'm just, well, before you start, I'm, I'm just thinking of like the different uh, <laughs> alternative crypto coins that could be made. Uh, and so they made like squid coin. What if like, what, what about like real housewives coin? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's, there's like, a, there's, there's so Below many. the deck coin. <laughs> yeah, there's so many different coins out there and, that are being made on an almost daily basis. You could put a little bit of money in every single one, hoping that one goes to the moon, but you're going to lose on 90 plus percent of them. And so yeah. it's, yeah, it's a tough space to be, you're, you're a speculator at that point, yeah, not an investor. Yeah, yeah. And Matt, the other way that we lose money is to fees. You and I, we, we hate fees. We think fees are the worst. And fees, yeah. For two frugal dudes who, like this is honestly one of the toughest pills to swallow when it comes to some yep. of these alternative investments is because of the costs associated with them. That's right. That's right. And it's not that fees aren't necessary in some aspects of life. Like it's hard to avoid or impossible to avoid fees completely. And it's not that we don't think that these companies should get paid because the nature of some of these alternative investments, well, there's understandably more overhead, right? Like uh, j be aware because the fees that each platform charges, like, uh, like Fundrise, it's understandable. Uh, that they have essentially a 1% fee because they're buying physical real estate. They're yeah. putting improvements into properties. If there were no fees, then how are they going to make any money? But those fees are an important part of the equation when it comes to whether or not you should be investing there, if you should be putting any money at all in that direction. Totally. And I'd even be willing to take an approach where 
I, like where I would say, okay, you can charge whatever you want. Like, I don't even care if the fees are justifiable or not. But the fact is, you as an investor, you have to weigh those fees against the, the you know, the, the return that, not that you're promised, but that you think might happen, right? Mm-hmm. Because like, that's the difference here is that these fees are guaranteed. No matter what, you're going to be charged these fees and you're hoping that the outsized return that you're going to get on these investments uh, would be able to make up those fees. But you don't know if that's actually going to happen. That's why for, <laughs> again, for... a couple dudes who are borderline cheap, uh, it is difficult to stomach some of these different fees that are associated with these different alternative investments. Yeah, when they can be avoided uh, through investing in more traditional ways too. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, one of the other downsides to alternative investments is the fact that your money could be locked up for a while. So for example, with Fundrise, a real estate investing platform, it could be years before you get your money back and you would have to pay some additional fees if you want your money back earlier. And so you want to make sure that you know how long your money is going to be locked up before you start investing. It's worth pointing out that this is maybe a con towards alternative investments that's not necessarily unique to some of the these alts, like I'm thinking about I-bonds. I recently purchased those. Uh, and that is money that I will not be able to touch for a year. There's no fee I can pay to get that money out earlier. It is there for a year. I can't touch it. And then beyond that, uh, you can have access to that money. But again, there is uh, technically a small fee associated with getting that money. That's right. And, and you know, we also, someone might say, Matt and Joel, what are you talking about? You tell everyone to put money in their 401k and you can't touch that until you're basically 60, <laughs> until you're reaching retirement age. And it's true. But the difference there is that there's a special tax advantage for putting money in that account. And these are after tax dollars you're putting into these alternative investments. And so there's there's a different calculation that you have to take into account when you're deciding which one of them is better for your money. And for us, we say tax advantaged accounts when hands down every time really alternative investments the only reason to consider them is if you're already kicking butt in in those accounts you're you're maxing out your Roth IRA you're putting a lot of money into your 401k these alternative ones which we're going to talk about right now should really only be considered by investors who are doing well in in those tax advantaged accounts first totally so let's talk about cryptocurrencies we've already touched on them a little bit here but they definitely feel like the alternative investment of the moment we actually gave our thoughts on crypto generally speaking and and, and bitcoin specifically in an ask how to money a few months ago uh, but the dynamics around cryptocurrencies has just changed uh, in recent years we're seeing more and more faith in the main uh, big cryptocurrencies out there uh, like uh, Bitcoin and Ethereum, as well as more use case scenarios. Actually, the incoming governor of New York, he's been tweeting <laughs> tweeting about collecting his pay in Bitcoin for the first few months of his term. Uh, and so cryptocurrencies in this way has gone mainstream. A lot of big institutional banks, they're pouring a lot of money into cryptocurrencies. Uh, but does this mean that you should be putting most of your money that you're investing for your retirement into crypto? No way. We don't. Yeah, we, we definitely wouldn't recommend that you do that. It's not stupid to have a little skin in the game if you're so inclined. But this is not one of those areas where you want to go all in. Yeah, a little bit of crypto exposure if you have all your other bases covered. It's not a terrible idea. That's what but, we do. But let's talk about the other crowdsource investing platforms, what they do, what you need to know. And we're just going to cover like four or five of the most popular ones, the ones you've probably heard of, the ones that are the most unique. And let's start with investing in wine. Wine, yeah. Uh, you know, we would prefer, obviously, a craft beer investing platform, but uh, um, no one's made it yet that we know of. Instead of Vino Vest, we could call it like Craft Beer Fest. (laughs) (laughs) What would you call it? Yeah, I don't know. We'd Uh, have to find find a creative name. But the, the problem, I guess, with craft beer is... 
beer, uh, you know, some beers like the one we're drinking today actually would age fine for years and years. Wine, uh, most wines age well, unlike most craft beers, though. Yeah. And so VinoVest is this platform that's letting you invest in actual bottles of wine. And they say on their website that wine has been a better investment than the S&P 500 over the past couple decades. But are you guaranteed superior returns? No, you're not. And you'll need to have a minimum $1,000 to invest in order to sign up and get started. And then what are the annual fees on that investment? Almost 3%. Yeah, <laughs> They're uh, taking pretty steep. that big of a cut. And that's because that wine you've invested is stored in a temperature-controlled setting. And so that's why they have to charge you that kind of money. And then VinoVest has created another website recently where you can invest in rare whiskey too. Mm. And so like, could you- I'd could be you make, for that. Yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> into that more than I am the wine thing. But could you make money investing in rare wines or rare whiskeys? Yes, you, you certainly can. Uh, but when you look at that fee structure and when you look at that minimum to get to get started, um, you, you have to be, I would say, a wine lover or a whiskey lover. And you have to be okay <laughs> paying higher fees just to invest in something that you enjoy. This isn't something we would point beginner or uh, just novice investors uh, towards, or really most people towards. Yeah. Well, if you think the fees are high on that, dude, just hold on to your hat. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're about to launch into the, the art world uh, because you know both physical and digital art are incredibly hot right now. They are both pretty big in the alternative investing space. The Wall Street Journal, they, they recently reported about how much much money rich investors are pouring into physical art purchases these days just uh, just a week or two ago uh, it is a lot and folks are just I mean the like we've seen with a lot of prices these, these days uh, the prices are through the roof uh, both like Christie's and Sotheby's they're seeing people pay like 16 times more than what they would expect a piece to typically pull but you know when it comes to us normal people <laughs> investing in physical artwork masterworks is the platform making it possible for you to invest in physical art pieces that you would never have been able to before right like from Andy Warhol to like like Keith Haring pieces he's one of my favorites personally you, you you like him a lot and but in the realm of digital art OpenSea is probably the biggest player in the NFT world uh, which stands for non-fungible token we've talked about that here on the show multiple times but NFT sales have surpassed 3.5 billion dollars so far this year but that being said should you jump in because, you know, NFTs are obviously super hot and some folks have made a lot of money, but others have lost a lot of money. So it's hard to know what is going to happen in the NFT space uh, because it's still very much the Wild West. Physical art, you know, from renowned artists specifically are unlikely to have the same level of risk and reward. But even still, there is a lot at play when it comes to the different tastes and what people are willing to buy these days or specifically in the future. Uh, but here's what you know, I mentioned the fees, dude. The, the fees with Masterworks are insane. So 1.5% annually, which, you know, you're like, okay, that, that doesn't sound too bad. It's actually better than VinoVest. Uh, but then they take 20, a 20% cut on the profit after a piece sells. Mm. That is crazy. That's like an entire <laughs> like separate government that is taxing you on, on your profit. Uh, like, I, I hate the idea of paying you know 6% to a realtor if, if you're going to sell a property. But 20%, man, that is mind-blowing. For that reason alone, I would have a very difficult time in uh, investing in art within Masterworks. Yeah, I, I get the emotional pull because when I go there and I see those Keith Haring pieces and I'm like, I could own a piece of that? Yeah. How cool is that? It, uh, it does. It stirs the soul, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you feel it uh, in a way that you don't with 
Vu. Right. Ex- exactly. I've almost, <laughs> My favorite ETF. Almost no emotional attachment to that investment. And although, so, although the more I own Vu, uh, the more I do get attached to it. Like, <laughs> I like it. Something about it speaks to me. It's like your kid brother or something. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and I get that. But I, I agree. The, the fees, like we mentioned earlier, are definitely one of the biggest attractions from investing in some of these alternative spaces. And I love what some of these platforms are doing. I think it's I think it's cool. And I think if you love wine or you love art and you have been a great investor for a long period of time doing the boring stuff that we typically recommend that we think is the first place you should turn, then you, know, you can dabble as long as you understand kind of what's happening behind the scenes with these alternative investment platforms. But you're right. Like that, that is something you need to be aware of on the front end. Uh, but we've got more we want to get to, including... There's a lot in the real estate space that you can take part in. Uh, Thanks to the internet these days, thanks to these alternative (laughs) investing platforms, we'll talk about those. And then we'll give some of our uh, thoughts on how you determine whether or not these are right for you. We'll get to that right after this. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. And now a word from the show's sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment is the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words, your money is breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit Betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. I got my first life insurance policy almost a decade ago. And hey, I'm still kicking it. I very much hope that trend continues, Matt. 
And since then, I've actually added coverage via Policy Genius. And if you out there, you're listening and you're worried that this is going to be a massive pain getting life insurance, think again. Policy Genius made it an incredibly easy process. If you have loved ones who rely on you and your income, Life insurance is a crucial part of your financial plan. Not only does it provide a financial backstop for your family, it also gives you peace of mind too. Plus, the longer you wait, the more rates go up because life insurance rates typically increase as you get older. So if this is something you've been putting off, it's time to make it happen now. That's right. Yeah, and even if you already have a life insurance policy through work, it may not offer enough protection for your family's needs, and it may not follow you if you leave your job. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. We're back. We're still talking about alternative investing platforms. And Joel, let's keep moving. We've talked a lot about investing in real estate. And specifically, we've talked about investing in local real estate. That's right. Um, that, that long-term mom and pop buy and hold. Buy stuff. and hold. There's a lot more in your control when you, when you buy and hold. So you can increase the upside of any investment that you make in local real estate. It's one of the reasons that we are such big fans of it. Uh, and you know, I don't necessarily think of owning physical real estate that you manage as an alternative investment. But there are ways to invest in real estate that look uh, a little bit different. One of these alternative ways is to pursue real estate investing via syndication deals. Uh, and that's where you give money to a sponsor who's also uh, an investor doing bigger deals, uh, like for instance, buying uh, an apartment complex that they're going to maybe rehab, increase the value of while, while they're collecting more in rent, uh, and then eventually sell. There's still a lot of due diligence required to find the right partnerships, to find the best syndication deals. But the annoyances of the day-to-day management go away under this model, uh, and it's definitely something that we would recommend uh, you check out if you're interested in some of these alternative options. That's right. And these are definitely harder to come by, or uh, it's there's not some fancy platform that makes it easy for you to invest in syndication deals. For the most part, there are a lot of individual investors with their own companies that you can partake in kind of what they're doing, and you can be a part of funding those investments uh, and yeah, there's a again high risk, high reward there. But if you're talking about how to participate in one of these syndication style deals on one of these alternative investing platforms, well, Fundrise is the main platform that that you'd want to consider, right? Matt and I we've always suggested publicly traded REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, and we've basically been proponents of those because there are lower costs involved if you put your money there, and basically your money is then going to fund a lot of companies who are investing in potentially thousands of different real estate ventures across the country. Yeah. And so that's why we say it's 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 highly diversified, the costs are lower, and you can get in and out whenever you want. But Fundrise is, is definitely one of the best alternative investment offerings when it comes to, to real estate, offering, we would say, reasonable fees in the 1% range. And you can get started with just 10 bucks, which is rare in the alternative investing space. Usually the cost to get going is a little bit higher um, and, but here's the thing. Any of these syndication-style investments are also illiquid, unlike publicly traded REITs. And so your money is locked up for a while, for years, typically. And that makes sense because you're investing in a specific physical real estate project. 
you can't just get in and out willy-nilly uh, but you have to be okay with that you have to understand what you're getting into and so while publicly traded REITs we think are a great idea for people who want some real estate exposure and don't want to become a mom-and-pop landlord in their neighborhood so if you want you know some real estate exposure those publicly traded REITs are a good place to start and if you don't want to become a mom-and-pop landlord where you live in your neighborhood if you're like that takes too much money or I'm just not interested because it's basically a part-time job which it is, you know, we would say Fundrise is a place worth looking towards. It's kind of fun to be able to see the actual project where your money is going and to be able to dissect it in that way. I think you can actually learn a lot as an investor going, putting some of your money uh, with a company like Fundrise towards a specific project. It's uh, it's going to have higher fees. Your money's going to be locked up, but it has some other positives at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, and one of the reasons too that we're, we're, that we're so bullish on some of these alternatives to the mom and pop real estate investing is the fact that the fundamentals are the same, right? It's, it's not like this, there's a new model where like with NFTs or like meme stocks that are just purely based on speculation, the fundamentals of these different forms of real estate are the same where, you know, you've got folks who are looking for a place to live and they will pay a lot of money to rent this apartment or to rent this house. And so the fundamentals have stayed the same, but what's different is the fact that the execution of those fundamentals have changed. Uh, it's become more convenient. There are ways to streamline inefficiencies in management in other ways to maximize the amount of profit that the investors are able to receive. And to crowdsource the funding across hundreds or thousands of people for one project, as opposed to going with uh, a small handful of investors or with a bank. And totally. that's kind of how Fundrise has been able to change the game. Exactly. Yeah. So let's uh, another type of real estate, Joel, farms, <laughs> because you can also invest in farmland right now. Uh, and the cool thing about investing in, in farms is that it is historically a, a less volatile asset that still provides solid returns. And Acre Trader, that's a platform that brings farmland investing to the masses. The fees are similar to what Fundrise charges. Uh, and so this basically opens up another avenue for real estate investing for you. But with some of these alternatives like Acre Trader, they require you to be an accredited investor. And so that means that you'll need to have a net worth of at least over a million dollars, not including equity in your primary residence, uh, or you need to have an annual income of at least $300,000. Uh, another downside to Acre Trader, uh, they've got a minimum investment of $10,000. And so unlike uh, investing into crypto via Robinhood, <laughs> there yeah, are dabble. <laughs> <laughs> there are some higher hurdles, and so this this makes Acre Trader specifically maybe less attractive, less accessible uh, to the masses. But even still, it's more accessible than it used to be. To where you had to know somebody who was going to go buy some farms or something <laughs> like. That. Like I don't even know what that would look like. Right. Never never had that pitch before. So you've never been to the steak dinner where they sit you down and, and you know in the middle of the pitch they're like, so the steaks you're eating right now come from the farms. Uh, <laughs> that you could be an investor and owner. <laughs> you're going to invest in those are some good ribeyes, right? <laughs> but in this way, Acre Trader has made it slightly more accessible for some folks out there who have a bit more money to invest. We wanted to quickly mention peer-to-peer -peer lending. This is another uh, alternative investment, although it's kind of lo losing steam. Lending Club and Prosper, they're two of the, the OG companies here. And while Lending Club is no longer taking on individual investors, Prosper, they still are, but they don't have that many loans uh, available for you to fund from looking around on their website a little bit. Uh, but this is something I actually in invested in, uh, Lending Club. I mean, back in the day, they, I mean, they, uh, they didn't promise super high returns, but they were paying out higher returns and I invested a few grand 
and I actually logged on before we hit record on this episode because I wanted to see, like, because I can't remember, like, overall, what's, uh, like, how did I fare? And when you go to your holdings, you know, all the, your holdings over, over the course of time, at the top, it's got, like, this nice big number where it says your weighted average rate. And mine was a little over 20%. And I right. thought, whoa, I crushed it. Wait a minute. Like, I don't remember it being that great. I feel like I, I left Lending Club with a bad taste in my mouth. And I looked lower down and I, you know, they make it confusing, perhaps uh, <laughs> on purpose, <laughs> on purpose. But that, that that number doesn't include the loans that were charged off, which in my case, there was over seven hundred dollars worth of principal that I loaned out that was never repaid. And so when you take that into account, I, I actually earned negative one percent, which totally sucks. That's lame. That is not what you want to see. And that's the big reason why these specific platforms are, for the most part, defunct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I think those headline numbers, they look really sexy on the homepage of all of these alternative investment sites. And you're like, all right, like I'm gonna, I see the charts and it looks like I'm going to earn way more. And that might be the average or th- there's all sorts of things you need to take into account. Matt, <laughs> you uh, saw, you have to look at the specific language, right? Because you saw 20% yeah. weighted average returns. And it's like, that is a big difference oh, yeah. than <laughs> overall returns. It's like, hey, on the people who did pay you back, <laughs> this is what you earned. And you're like, that's almost like a worthless statistic there. I, it, it really is. Yeah. They're just trying to you know, pad the numbers, make you feel good about it. But I know, I mean, there's a reason I got out of it years ago because I yeah. knew that like you know this really isn't panning out anymore but yeah negative one percent and this all goes to show too that some of these different platforms they come and they go they're not tried and true they're not tested necessarily and so proceed with caution yes exactly so let's talk about how you decide whether or not these alternative investments are right for you we've covered a few of the more interesting one the, the ones the more popular ones and we would say the key is going back to what I said at the very beginning we talked about all those dieting fads the key to investing in alternative investments well is to have a healthy diet. Let's drive home the food analogy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go all the way with this one. And so in the same way that there are fundamental principles that govern what we should eat, right? We need vegetables. We need protein in our lives. Of course, fruit is an important component as well. They've got those those natural vitamins that, that we all oh, need. Yeah. And uh, Plus, it's delicious. Apple a day keeps the doctor away, that's what I hear. But being a well-rounded investor means prioritizing the most important elements of a healthy portfolio first, not going straight to the dessert. Because if you fill up on cake, <laughs> you might find that you're unhealthy at the end of the day. And we want you to be a healthy investor. So these alternative investments can make sense if you put them in the right place. That's right. And of course, this means starting out first by investing in the right vehicles. Uh, We're talking about those tax advantage accounts first. And so your workplace retirement account, your own IRA, or maybe your solo 401k if you're an entrepreneur or a freelancer. Uh, But these alternatives shouldn't be taking precedence over the traditional and you know we'll, we'll be honest here the somewhat you know boring investment vehicles that have been around for decades and i will say they are boring because like the 401k like what's sexy about that it's Nothing. it's literally named after the irs code it's like the <laughs> line uh where that that allows for this provision vino vest is so much more adorable <laughs> It's true, or Masterworks. Right, sounds so much better. They've got they've done a much better job with their branding. Like it makes me oh, like the Roth IRA. It was named after a senator 
from Delaware. Right. <laughs> like, that's why it's called the Roth IRA. It's the dude's last name. Uh, these are not sexy investing vehicles, but they are tops when it comes to what you should be focusing on first. To continue the food analogy, uh, I feel that the, the right vehicles are easily the meat. And of if the, you're a vegetarian, it's the beyond meat, right? <laughs> so it doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be from an animal. Or the kale, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, the, the, so that's the first thing, making sure you're in the right vehicles. And then next up is the actual investments that you're making inside of these accounts. If uh, those tax-advantaged vehicles are the meat, then the low-cost index funds are the veggies that all, pair- All the leafy greens. So well, yeah. so well with that, right? Uh, maybe the, the uh, Brussels sprouts that come out oh. of the oven, nice and crispy. Oh, yeah. And we would say, don't move on to the less healthy stuff uh, until you're knocking it out of the park in these two areas. Like popular alternative investments, they're very accessible and they're incredibly diversified. So if you're getting those two things right, the right vehicles and the actual, uh, the best investments inside of those vehicles, which are broadly diversified, low cost index funds, then we would say, yeah, maybe then you can move on. Yeah. Do you really need exposure to the French wine market within your, <laughs> your investment portfolio? It's it's nice that that's something that you didn't have before, but we might make the argument that uh, you could invest in it, but definitely you want to do it sparingly. It, it does make for good like party conversation, I guess, but it's not necessarily the best way for you to go about wealth building. Yeah, well, so the best way to think about it, continuing the food analogy, is that some of these alternatives well, we're going all the way with this. should be like that starchy side, oh. right? Like the mac and cheese, uh, because our rule of thumb is that you should only have about 5% of your investment dollars within these alternatives. And at the end of the day, we don't really care which route you go, to, go down, to be honest, uh, because if you're investing in art, whether you're investing in digital or or physical, or if you're investing in whiskey or farmland, as long as you're keeping those investments confined to a small percentage of your overall portfolio, we're going to be happy about that. And for all the reasons, all the cons that we listed out, uh, we feel that you should limit your exposure there. I mean, just the the risk and the, the volatility associated with these alternatives. For instance, your cryptoed. It might be worth a lot today and very little tomorrow. Is it dipping your toe in with money that you can afford to lose is what we would recommend. Uh, if you're in money gear number seven, you can take on more risk if that's the direction that you want to go in. But for most folks, we would recommend keeping your exposure to these alternatives incredibly low. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, if you've got money to blow because you have been so successful with your boring investing, then you can maybe up that beyond 5% of your overall investments, but only if you're kind of in that space where, where you've basically reached financial independence. Yes. And so most people should keep it to a minimum. And inside of that, yeah, like, like you said, Matt, whichever route you want to go, whatever floats your boat, whatever you're kind of interested in, go for that. Um, and, and then continuing the analogy, dessert would be something along the lines of throwing a hundred bucks into a completely unproven uh, altcoin or buying just <laughs> a super cheap NFT where you're or, like, let's see what happens here. Or even like a meme stock. We didn't even talk about those during this episode because that's, I mean, that's a tradition. It's a stock. Like there's nothing alternative about that. But meme stocks specifically, I mean, that's, it's pure speculation exactly. if you're going to you know jump in on AMC. Yeah. And speculation, we would say, is is the dessert here. It's one of those things where a little goes a long way and you should really keep it to a minimum. That's not even really included in that 5%. That's something that you just kind of want to like avoid for the most part. And, and yeah, th these alternative investments are, are really only something you should be considering if you're eating your meat and veggies on the reg. Like you're, you're doing that boring investing every two weeks <laughs> with, with uh, those automatic deductions from your paycheck. Don't skip the main course and get that plate full of mashed potatoes. Uh, like, because investing is great. It's going to help you build wealth over time if you take the slow and steady route. But if you instead opt for the more spectacular, the more dazzling route, the chances of getting burned and losing money 
They go up. The chances of getting eaten alive by fees and seeing inferior mm-hmm. returns, that goes up too. And oh, so yeah. those small bets in these alternative investing spaces, they could potentially help increase your rate of return. They could provide a little bit of fun when it comes to investing, but they can also take up too much of your brain space and they can potentially distract you from what's important. So hopefully you can take this well-rounded view of alternative investments into how you move forward. These are some cool websites, and it's neat to see what they're up to. But for most people, a very, very small amount goes a long way. That's right. And a very small amount of this beer, I would say, went a long way. That being said, I wish we would have had more, dude. This beer was so stinking good. Again, this one was called Imaginary Grace. This is by Monday Night Brewing, donated to the show by Brian. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. But uh, Joel, what were your thoughts on, on this one? So this one brought me back with the first sip immediately to Belgium. Oh, yeah. Because Emily and I, when we went, we were literally in Brussels for two days. We went to Cantillon both days. So jealous. Well, I, I, I've got to make it over there. You got to take that how to money uh, trip. It's, <laughs> it's tax delightful. Yeah. <laughs> it means it's free, right? I don't think you can say it out loud on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, it really brought me back there. There was just delightful days with my wife and the beers were incredible. And this beer had so much of those vibes happening. Yeah. Like I, this is just one of my favorite beer styles and it's a little funky, somewhat sour. It had that dry finish. And so, yeah, big thanks to Brian for sharing this one with us because it was a delight to drink. And they made this beer using that traditional Belgian method. Yeah. And it came through, man. They're, they're doing a great job. Like this, this is definitely in the league of some of those uh, great Belgian beers I've had. Yeah. Also, well, how they make them, uh, specifically over there in Belgium. I mean, they leave. It's an open container, and it, it and it's naturally fermented by the yeasts in the air. And that's exactly how they made this one. It's spontaneously and fermented. When you say open container, these are basically it's, they're the size of like an enormous room. And, like imagine a Greek bath, but filled <laughs> with beer. Exactly. <laughs> and maybe, I'm, yeah, certainly more high, hygienic, or <laughs> certainly cleaner. And so Monday night, they've got what they call their, it's a it's a cool ship, what they've, uh, which they've affectionately called the crunk ship. Uh, but it's this, you know, stainless steel giant vat that's uh, like a giant bath, essentially. And when it's cold enough, uh, they only do, I think they, you can only do it when it's cold enough here, uh, or specifically where we like are. drop below freezing in order to yeah. get the, the right yeast. Well, because involved. if it's if it's too warm, I think there's like too many yeasts and it gets funky, I, th- I think. It gets like too, too funky? It gets funky, too funky, too fast. <laughs> uh, and you kind of have to isolate it uh, with, you know, below certain temperatures. They did that three different times. So they have three different years of this beer that are blended together in order to make this specific beer, Imaginary Grace. And everything you said, dude, was on point. It was sour, funky, uh, but it wasn't too acidic. Sometimes with American sours, they can get crazy acidic and really aggressive. Uh, but this one was just like chill and like laid back like you're hanging out in Europe, you know, so it's like it's got more of the European lifestyle, you know, going on within this bottle. But this was a fantastic beer. And I'm glad that you and I got to share this one on the show. Me too. Me too, man. Yeah. Thanks again to Brian for donating this one. We appreciate it. It was uh, yeah, a fun little trip down memory lane drinking this delicious beer. But that's going to do it, Matt, for, for this episode. For folks who want the show notes for the episode, you can find them up on our website at howtomoney.com. That's right. And if you haven't left us a review yet over at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen, we would greatly appreciate that. Uh, we would love it if you left us a solid review and shared how maybe you've taken some of the knowledge that you've learned from the show to better your financial self. Uh, that would help others to find the show. And a big thank you in advance. Joel, that's going to be it for this episode, buddy. Until next time. Best friends out. Best friends out.
Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work.